Welcome back to Forgotten Lakers. We're here today with Chucky Atkins. Chucky was a Laker in the 2004-2005 season. Chucky, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well, man. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great. Like I said, when we were getting this started, this is a podcast to talk to former Lakers about uh, their history with basketball, their time in Los Angeles, and what they're doing now. And, uh, you know, you were a fan favorite in Los Angeles. I have a Forgotten Lakers Instagram where, uh, you know, you and I have interacted on there before. And uh, I get a lot of requests for you to come on the podcast. So I, I think this episode will make a lot of people happy. Absolutely. I hope so, man. I hope so. Let's have some fun. All right, cool. So wh what are you doing now to stay busy? Are you still involved with basketball or what are you up to these days? I'm a little, man, right now, you know, I have a 12-year-old son that's pretty decent in basketball. I coach an AAU program by the name of Each One's Teach One. Um, I coach the sixth grade team and, you know, I just try to help out as much as I can and give back with my expertise for a lot of, you know, through the years of playing in the league. I try to help these, these, the youth, man, and that's kind of what I'm doing right now. Do you uh do you have other coaching aspirations outside of AAU to stay involved or is that uh your main focus right now? Well, right now, you know, I'm trying to get into the college ranks or the pro ranks, but you know, it's a little bit more difficult than I thought. But you know, what better way than to polish up on on your coaching skills by by coaching the youth? You know, it, it's a, it's a a fun thing. Um, sometimes it can be frustrating. But for the most part, the kids really listen. They really try hard. You know, AAU has been getting, as you know, a bad rap. Sure. Um, you know, for the lack of, of knowledge and the people that's coaching it. So, you know, I'm one of the guys who's trying to teach, you know, the importance of fundamentals, teamwork, and uh, dedication and discipline. Did you play AAU, AAU growing up? I played a little bit, you know, I played for my father, but again, you know, it's a whole different ball of wax nowadays compared yeah. to when I was. So, you know, you're trying to get through to these kids and everybody's watching so many videos and doing so much training that it kind of makes the game bad because these days you find that kids can do it. They do a lot of training, but they can't apply what they train to the game. So that's useless. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on with uh, to your history with basketball, uh, I know you just said you mentioned you mentioned playing a little bit of AAU with your father. At what point did you realize that you know you were better than your friends, your teammates, and that you had a real future in the game? To be honest with you, I didn't realize it, man, until I got to around twelfth grade. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I knew I was I knew I was pretty decent at it, but when the Orlando Magic came to the Orlando area. Um, I was able to start working out with pros and, you know, you get a different sense and a different confidence when you're already working out with pros at such a young age and you realize that you could be somewhat successful. I mean, obviously I wasn't running the basketball court, but I had moments where I could, you know, you could say, Hey man, if I, as I get older and I start getting a little bit stronger and I get more uh, hours up under my belt that, you know, the, the realization that the dream could come true. Um, became apparent. Uh, what Magic players were you playing against? Did you have uh, interactions with Shaq at that time? I didn't have any interaction with Shaq, but I was playing against guys like Marlon Wiley. I was playing against Laterial Green, guy by the name of Scott Brooks. Um, every once in a while, you know, I ran into Penny a couple times. Mm -hmm. uh, Dennis Scott was a good friend of mine. Greg Kite was a guy. Oh, cool. He was a good friend of mine. So I was working out with those guys and holding my own 
so, you know, obviously, you know, that's when, to me, that's when my interest of, of you know, becoming an NBA player became, became you know, more of, hey, I can touch this thing now. Now that you went on to your college career at South Florida, coming in the 96 draft, you went undrafted and, you know, spent some time in the CBA, spent some time overseas. So when you were playing in Croatia, was your focus still on the NBA or were you just uh, trying to see about carving yourself a career over there? Well, I mean, my focus is always on the NBA. I mean, as a basketball player, you want to reach the highest level. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, you know, thank God, you know, everything happens for a reason. He sent me to Croatia, of all places to play basketball. Croatia is one of the biggest basketball countries in the world. You know what I'm saying? They keep up with the NBA like we do over here. So I was able to keep track on everything that was going on every night in the NBA while I was over there. And, you know, believe it or not, to me, Croatia was the best thing ever happened to me because, you know, one of the knocks on my game was the fact that I was a inconsistent shooter. Mm-hmm. You know, and once I went over there, you know, obviously they put a lot of influence on, you know, a lot of input and a lot of time on shooting because that's what they pride themselves mm-hmm. in. So I was able to learn from those guys for two years, put in my time, um, keep my eye on the prize, which was the NBA, see what guys were doing, especially guys that had been in the CBA because I always wanted to know how those guys did because that was the closest that I had got. You know what I'm saying? So sure. if I played against a guy that was in the CBA and now he's in the in the NBA, I always definitely kept kept my eye on those guys because I wanted to see how successful they could be because if you know, you know, I figured that if they could be successful, I knew I could be successful. So what was the process that led to you playing in Croatia to getting on your first stop in Orlando? Because you're from Orlando, right? I'm from Orlando. So, you know, like I told you, a lot of times during the summer, a lot of times during the summertime in between my, you know, in the CBA and when I was in Europe, you know, I would train with the guys right before they get ready to go to training camp. Mm-hmm. I would train with, you know, the guys that they were thinking about drafting and they were bringing in. So, you know, Chuck Daly, God bless his soul, was going to give me an opportunity to uh, to have my first net. But what happened was they were getting ready to have a lockout. Mm-hmm. And I was stuck with, do I go back overseas because I had a deal on the table or do I take a chance and wait for the lockout to end and, and wait? Well, at that particular time, uh, my wife, well, my girlfriend at the time was pregnant with my first daughter. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't afford the opportunity or the, the, the chance of sticking around and not making a, making no money for that year. Oh, sure. And, and waiting on a lockout to end. So I went back to Europe for a second year um, and made some money. Yeah, so you had the year, you know, year in Orlando, going to Detroit, Boston. And obviously with this being a Laker-themed podcast, uh, what I really want to talk to you about was your year in L.A. So uh, do you remember what you were doing when you found out you got traded to the Lakers? I was driving to work out, actually. Oh, yeah. I was, yeah, I was actually on my way. To, to to the to the Orlando Magic practice facility to uh to work out when I received the call that I had been traded to the Lakers and to me it was a, a dream come true because I always was a Laker fan. Mm-hmm. I grew up a Laker fan. I grew up a Showtime, Magic Johnson, James Worthy, diehard Laker fan. And that's you know, that's one of the only really the only regrets that I had because I grew up such a Laker fan Mm-hmm. And then when I actually played for the Lakers, I never really had an opportunity to sit down or even meet Max Johnson the whole year I was there. Oh, no. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So 
so, but, you know, I was ecstatic, you know, obviously Kobe Bryant being a, you know, being a huge Kobe Bryant fan myself and admiring the guy from a distance to now actually being on a team with him. And my whole thing was I wanted to be a good teammate to him, but I also wanted to know what made him so great. Mm-hmm. And once I got on the team and started re- recognizing his work ethic, and the time and the hours that he put into it, then I understood what made him. Obviously, he has God-given abilities, and he he can do things that no one else can do, but the hard work that he put in plus the God-given ability made him who he is. You know, like I was telling you, I've talked to a lot of guys from your one season in in L.A., and uh, a lot of them have shared some, you know, crazy Kobe work ethic stories. Do you have any that come to mind? Um, Well, for me, what stood out to me was on every team that I had been on up until the Lakers, I prided myself on being one of the first guys to get to the gym and and put my time in. You know what I'm saying? If it was mm-hmm. 6 o'clock in the morning, 5.30 in the morning, 5 o'clock in the morning, I prided myself on that. There's only one guy that I, I didn't, I never beat to the gym, and that was him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I get yeah. up thinking I'm going to beat everybody there. He'd already be there in a full sweat, working mm-hmm. on his game and perfecting it. And, you know, that was, that was, that was cold. That was who he is. Yeah. So a lot of the guys I've talked to about for that one year, you know, I've asked most of them the same question, you know, for the majority of the year, you guys were playing fairly well. I, I think you were hovering around that seventh, eighth playoff spot, maybe playing 500 ball or even a little bit better than 500 ball. And, um, you know, there were some injuries. I know Kobe was out for a little while with a sprained ankle. I think Lamar went down with some type of shoulder thing at one point. Um, But you guys were holding on to that seventh, eighth seed. It looked like you might, you know, make your way into the playoffs. And then in about March of that year, I remember you guys were on a big road trip. You won a big game in Dallas. And then the very next game, Kobe hit a game winner in Charlotte. So you guys won the first two games of this road trip. And then after that, it seemed like everything just kind of unraveled, and um, you know, it was kind of a rough, really rough stretch to end of the year. Do you remember? Do you remember that, or what was going on, or do you have an opinion of why that happened? Um, I, I don't remember it per se. I mean, it was a long time ago. I remember us having a big win. You know, I remember Kobe hitting the last second shot in in, in Charlotte. Yeah. Um, but I, I can't remember the other games where we kind of came became unraveled, but. You know, that whole season kind of started off kind of rough, you know, being that Rudy um, kind of became sick again and he stepped away. And I think Frank Hamlin was doing a great job with us. But, you know, we had so many of the same pieces. Mm-hmm. You know, you had, you had obviously you had Karan Butler who ended up being an all-star, but then you had Jermaine Jones who played the same position, Luke Walton who say, played the same position. Uh, Devin George, who played the same position. Brian Cook, pretty much, who played the same position. We had a lot of guys that played the same position. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes when you get so many guys playing the same position, you know, it, it, it can become hard because, you know, trying to find playing time for everybody, trying to keep guys uh, engaged in the game, uh, engaged and interested in the season, it, it can become difficult. And you're in the Western Conference, too, as well. So, you know, you have key injuries when your two top guys, which Kobe goes down with a high ankle sprain that he missed, you know, weeks. And LeBron and, and Lamar, you know, going down with a shoulder injury, you know, I don't think that our team, we as a team at that particular time was mature enough to handle those situations. 
Mm, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that, that, yeah, I mean, you know, that, that being our first year together as a unit, I don't think that we per se was as as a group was mature enough to handle that those types of those type of setbacks. Sure, yeah, that answer is really similar to what Brian Grant gave. Um, I did an episode with him a while back, and uh, you know, that was his one year in Los Angeles too. So a lot of these guys have had pretty, you know, similar memories regarding that year in LA. And it was just such a unique year in history, given that it was the first year post Shaq and, you know, it was kind of Phil Jackson's one year break in between his Lakers stints. Uh, I was going to ask you, do you have a lot of memories from that Christmas gate, Christmas day game against Shaq and the Miami heat? I mean, how can you not? I mean, they yeah. play it every, 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 every year around the same time on NBA TV. Uh-huh. It was just fun just to, just to be a part of the whole hoopla. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, the Shaq and Kobe saga, um, you know, although we didn't have anything to do with it per se because we weren't with the Lakers at that particular time, but, you know, that being the first year, the first time those guys playing against each other on Christmas Day since the since the big breakup, it was just mm-hmm. fun. I mean, and I think those two guys handled it extremely well. Like, obviously, they wanted to win. Both guys, both teams wanted to win very, very well, but it wasn't ill, malice, the teams played – both teams played great, good, hard basketball. Um, it was an exciting game. Both guys played well. And, you know, we made a mistake at the end of the game that pretty much gave them the win. Yeah. Yeah, I remember Kobe came out on fire, and you guys had to lead the majority of the game. And then you and Lamar had a big second half. And, I don't know, Dwayne Wade and I think Eddie Jones maybe were hitting some big shots and you guys lost in overtime. But yeah, I remember watching that game Christmas day at my grandmother's house. Uh, so I know that was your only year in LA. Were you at the time, I know you, you I mean, you get traded to Washington, but did that trade yeah. catch you off guard or were you expected, were you expecting um, to return to the Lakers the next year? I was hoping to return to the Lakers just because I personally, thought that I had a decent year and I always wanted the experience to play up on the field just to see how I could fare up under different coaches. You know what I'm saying? Like I could play well for Rudy because I knew I, you know, you had a lot of freedom with Rudy, mm-hmm. you know, it was a little bit different for me playing for Doc Rivers, a little bit different for me playing for uh, Larry Brown. You know, mm-hmm. I wanted to see how it was to play up under Phil Jackson. And, but I understood that, Based on how the season went, there was only a couple of guys that could have been traded based on that, that their output throughout the season. You know, in order for you to get traded, someone has to want you. Sure. Oh, you okay, yeah. Yep. So, you know Kobe wasn't going nowhere. Mm-hmm. Okay. Lamar wasn't going anywhere. So, the only two guys that were left that, that, that had decent seasons on the rest of the whole team, to me, in my opinion, was myself and Karan. Yeah, very true. So, to, you know, we were expendable, and you know, we were we were we were traded. Which, mm. you know, did I see it coming? Absolutely not. But not thinking back on it, looking at the team and the, in the in the type of season that those guys that that everyone had that year, you know, we were probably the only two that would be tradable. Yeah, good point. Good point. So I got a uh, one last question for you, if that's okay. Come on, anything you need. 
Okay, so I'm looking at the. Uh, I do this with uh, most of the guests who come on the Forgotten Lakers podcast, the little trivia game. So I'm looking at the complete roster for the 2004-2005 Lakers, including you. There are 16 names. How many of those can you name? Um, I might. I think I may be able to name all of them. I think. All right, let's give it a shot. All right. So you got Chucky Atkins. You got. Pierre Brown, you got Sasa Bujicic. Yep. All right. You got Kobe Bryant, Jermaine Jones, Devin George, Luke Walton, Chris Mims, Vladi Divac. You got Medvedenko. Yep. You got Tony Bobbitt. You got Brian Cook and Brian. Uh, I can't think of the other Brian name. Say for Brian Grant. Yep. Yeah, Brian Grant. Yeah, three you left. Three left. Um, did I say Lamar Odom? Now you did. So now you got two left. I, did I say Karan Butler? Yeah. Now you got one left. My last one. He, he was traded fairly early on in the season, but he was there for a little while. Uh, hold on. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. I won't. <laughs> uh, I ain't going to give the name it. You ready to throw in the towel? I'm throwing it in, yep. Kareem Rush. Okay, yeah, Kareem Rush. Yep, yeah. You're right. Absolutely right. Yeah, that's it. But you did really well. A lot of guys miss, uh, you know, definitely more than one. So that was impressive. Yeah, I remember. That. I mean, I had a lot of fun that year, man. Although we we didn't accomplish what we wanted to accomplish, I mean, it was fun. It was fun for me to to get the opportunity to be around those guys. You know, a lot of times you playing against guys and you don't never really get a chance to get to know them. You know what I'm saying? I had an opportunity to get to know Kobe. You know, I was hanging with him, you know, a lot. And, you know, we had some very in-depth personal conversations. And, you know, I I I, I appreciate him for that. You know, I had an opportunity to meet Lamar. I mean, get a chance to know Lamar. Yeah. And be around him all the time. And, and you know, and we still speak to this day. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. You know, I had an opportunity to be around Karan and be around Vladi and, and again, get a chance to know those guys and, 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 and see what made them special and see the, what made them so good in certain certain times and just having conversations with Vladi and talking. And, you know, that was that was the, the fun part, you know, the basketball part. Yeah, we, you know, I think that if we had stayed around another year, we'd have been a lot better. Sure. But, you know, I think that, you know, at that particular time was such a, with such a, you know, historic franchise, you know, sometimes changes have to be made immediately, and, and that's kind of what you got. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I know, um, you know, I, I would always, when, like, former Lakers would come back to play against against the Lakers, you know, especially guys who I enjoyed watching, like yourself, um, I was, you know, made a point to see, like, what type of reaction you got from your former teammates or the fans. And, you know, it seemed like always guys like Kobe, Lamar, 
or the next year, like Devin George were like seeking you out and seemed like you still guys had a great relationship. So that's always nice to see. Yeah, I mean, but the guys received me well, man. You know, I don't think I think a lot of times the fans kind of misconstrued it because, as you know, you know there was a little. Everybody thought that there was some type of rift between me and Kobe because of a misquote. Oh, the GM said. quote. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know what I'm saying? I think people kind of thought that I had a rift with Kobe, but Kobe was probably my best friend on the whole team. Really? Yeah, and 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 that was what was funny to me, which was like. Like, kind of took me by surprise. But, you know, when we see each other today, when we've seen each other even after that, you know, it's nothing but love and, and I respect and, and, and love. And I'm and I'm still a huge Laker fan. Like, I'm very, very uh, in tune with what they're doing. I love the, the whole LeBron James yeah, uh, situation and the new guys that they have. I've, I've started a Laker fan and I'm still a Laker fan. <laughs> Is that – um? the team you kind of still feel the most allegiance with, or maybe would it be Detroit? Yeah, I mean, the team that I feel the most allegiance, obviously, is going to be Detroit. I mean, I spent yeah. my NBA career there. To me, that's, if you ask me what I what I am, I'm, I'm a Detroit Piston. Yeah, I would I would think so, too. You know what I mean? You, that, got, close that, to, you got close to that ring as a year that you got traded away. I was, but, right, I was right there, buddy. I was yeah. right there. I had a lot to do with it. I had you did. A lot to do with it. Yeah, you did. So, was that um weird kind of watching that from a distance that playoffs watching them go all the way and win it all? Um it wasn't weird. You know, when you're a part of a when you're a part of something that's good, when you're a part of a good team and you know the the chemistry and you know the DNA of that team and what they mm-hmm. what they're willing to do and what they will do on the tough times, you know, I knew you know, people don't people have to really have to understand. When I was with the Detroit Pistons, we were the top defensive team and the top team in the East for three years. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But we couldn't beat the better Western Conference teams because we didn't really have a, anybody scoring in a low post. Oh, sure. Until they got Rasheed. And then you you get a you get a, you you get it you bring in a Rasheed Wallace. Mm-hmm. Now you're standing at it. You're standing prototype size at every position. And you got your defense goes from being good to great. You know, I knew that those guys had a, had an opportunity to win it all when the trade was made. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just a matter of how fast could they get the chemistry together. Sure. You know, and as you see, immediately after All Star break, they went on like a tear the way. I don't think they lost what maybe two or three games after the All Star break. Mm-hmm. And they went into they went into the playoffs healthy and full speed ahead. So, you know, I knew that they had an opportunity. And then, you know, you 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 you're playing against a, a Laker team who, in the finals, obviously you got Shaq and Cole, but you know, Gary Payton wasn't the same Gary Payton, obviously. Yeah. Um, Carl Malone went down. Yeah, he was hurt. You know, he was hurt. So. You know, having said that, even if those guys were the same, it don't mean that they probably they would have won. But that team that year that they were playing was on a roll, and wouldn't, there was nothing that was going to stop them. Sure. It was nice you got to uh, go back to Detroit a few years later. Absolutely. I mean, I had, I, you know, Detroit for me is, is, is a second home. I, I enjoyed it. And for me to have an opportunity to go back and, and – and play there one more time for me was was was, was fun. It was a a good end uh, 
to my final chapter in the NBA. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Chucky. I appreciate you coming on the Forgotten Lakers podcast. Uh, you know, don't listen to the fans who probably don't remember that season well. Uh, you, you guys were a lot of fun to watch and, you know, started out great. Unfortunately, didn't make the playoffs, but it's just one of those things. But, uh, you know, personally, I have uh, good memories of you as a Lakers. So I appreciate everything you did for that franchise. All right, man. I appreciate you, man. And, you know, look forward to hearing from you more. And hopefully the Lakers get back on a on the winning track. Let's go, King James. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. Maybe we can get you back on during the season and talk about the how they're doing so far. Absolutely. All right, sounds good. Thank you, Chucky. Take care. All right, buddy. Take care.